What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Public Speaker Podcast. On this episode of Speech Analysis, we are doing a speech by a guy that I don't even know his name. I don't know where he's from. I really don't know anything about him because I found the speech on YouTube. Uh, it was in my suggested recommendations, and the reason for why that is because I watch a lot of public speaking videos. Um, it has 6 million views, and it's called Funniest Leadership Speech Ever. So I thought, why the hell not? Opened it up, did a speech analysis on it. Super, super hilarious speech. I think this guy does a fantastic job of not really you know, changing our understandings of leadership or introducing any breakthrough ideas, <clears throat> but it's really funny, right? Like his personal experience, does a, he does a really good job communicating his personal experience and explaining how there were moments in his life that have implicated the way he understands leadership, which is a simple concept, but a hard thing to communicate and a much more harder thing to communicate when you're trying to get people to laugh. Um, so the way he interacted with the audience was just by being super funny and not even trying to be funny. It was just very natural. The punchlines were very uh, fitting for a lot of the things he was saying. So key takeaway from this is how to uh, connect a personal experience towards a message that you're trying to relay, especially at a conference that maybe the focus of that conference is something like leadership um, and how to also put a funny twist on it as well. So I hope you guys enjoy this speech analysis and let's get into it. When you think of leadership and life lessons, you know, thoughts don't normally go to where I'm from, but I think you'd be surprised. Where I'm from is the boonies. <laughs> Webster defines the boonies as a location so far outside of the city limits, even animals question your presence. And I've lived there most of my life. So obviously, this is super funny getting into it. Um, there's a visual aid that we can't see right now. Maybe we'll see it later in the speech, maybe not. But nonetheless, he's getting the audience to react because he's saying that he's lived so far out of city, so far out of the modern world, that animals don't even know if it exists, which is obviously something super interactive, and it gets the audience to care uh, of the beginning about the speech. Louisiana, Mississippi, Oklahoma, Texas, Arkansas, it did not matter. My parents, nomadic Southern Baptists that they were, always seemed to find the boonies in every state. But for the purposes of this presentation, the boonies were in Texas. To give you a little insight into me, you first have to understand my father. He's a man's man. He played football in high school. He was a paratrooper of the army. He was always kind of all the time. I refer to my childhood as my military service. In the summer before the seventh grade, it was a bleak, hot Texas day, as every day in Texas is. And my father said, get in the truck, boy, we're going to town. Town? We never got to go to town. Town was Bogota, Texas, population 491. And we lived seven miles northeast. But town was where the things were. That's where the stuff was. You could get a root beer float in town. You could get tater tots in town. <laughs> I said, sign me up, I got in the truck. Again, really good at using humor. So this is a pretty funny speech so far. Um, playing on the personal narrative and just real life experience that this guy's had about living so far out away from the modern world um, that it's going to frame most likely the rest of the speech. I'm interested in where he's going to start talking about leadership and how he's going to probably make a internal link, maybe a metaphor between his experience of living in the boonies um, towards uh, the concept of leadership. So let's see where that goes. But we didn't stop in town. We kept going through town out to the high school and that's where I was introduced to football and two-a-days, which is a vicious, heinous practice 
twice a day football practice. What kind of crazed fool came up with that? In Texas, but I participated in it. You can imagine how joyful I was. My father said, go on out there, boy. I said, I ain't going out there. No. Well, actually, I said that in my head. What I really said was, yes, sir. Because if you do as you're told, you'll survive. My father. Okay, so there's where we get, I think, the first analogy towards the the need to listen to his father, but also towards the general principle of doing as you're told, you're going to be able to survive. Didn't actually threaten to shoot me in the face, but it was implied. <laughs> I walked up to the crowd and the coaches were dividing us into groups. They said, you go over there. I said, why? They said, you're a lineman. What's a lineman? You're going to protect the quarterback. Well, who's this quarterback? Why do I want to protect him? They said, just get over there. I said, why me? They said, because you're fat. <laughs> because girth substitutes for talent in junior high football. <laughs> However, I discovered it is possible to actually play football without any physical contact whatsoever. <laughs> there was a whole lot of down, set, oh, get him. Because <laughs> I wasn't about to get hurt. I live for special teams, kickoff return, punt return, because you can run here, you can run there, and not touch a soul and get told, good hustle, Thompson, looking good. And I'm thinking, you don't know from hustle, I'm trying to survive out here. I played for two years, and I decided I'd had enough. So I told my daddy, I'm not playing football no more. He said, yeah, you are. I said, no. He said, yeah, you're playing. So I did what any red-blooded American man would do. I went crying to my mom, and mom, please. Let me quit football. She said, Dad, leave him alone. Let him be. And I overheard my daddy say, what's wrong with that boy, Mama? And she said, just leave him alone. He's trying to find himself. And he said, well, he better hurry up because he's about to piss me off. So I tried new activities because there are very few injuries reported in marching bands and honor societies. Um, so we're progressing throughout this speech. I think he said girth substitutes for talent. So maybe that was the second trait of leadership he was talking about but this is pretty funny talking about this personal experience and relating it towards like his inability to want to adapt to this game of football and trying to find any way to like get out of that situation i tried new music i even tried new clothes i went through an unfortunate period where i wanted to be a madonna backup dancer with black clothes and hair down to here and five watches if you remember the 80s <laughs> you remember me but I was still where I was from, so I had to go to activities such as the 4-H stock show and the rodeo. Unfortunately, it was during my preppy phase because finding yourself sometimes, but sometimes does, but never should, in with somebody wearing pillovers to the rodeo. All it did was irritate my daddy and piss off Merle Haggard. So I stand before you in what I call redneck light. I'm still from where I'm from, but I'm educated and I'm embarrassingly ambitious. I'm an LVA. My relatives call me uppity, but I have remained true to myself because success comes in many shapes and sizes, and sometimes it comes with color-coordinated socks. And that's what I've learned from where I'm from. Awesome. So this was funniest, leader speech, funniest leadership speech ever. I have no idea what this guy's name is, so if anyone knows, um, definitely like let me know in the comments. So the, the point at the end of this speech was 
that success comes in all shapes and sizes, and then he points to his socks, or the color coordination, so still making a joke at the very end. But the, the thing I got from it the most was that he stayed true to himself, right? He wasn't a football superstar, and the personal experience he's bringing up is just like he didn't want to be that type of person, but, but having the guts to be able to admit that and still be courageous about it and try other things to sort of find yourself, find your niche that you sort of adapt with that makes you passionate, et cetera, et cetera, is the point of leadership. It is the ability to lead yourself first on through an introspective journey to then even have the ability to be able to leave others, uh, to lead others, sort of the idea of being selfish to be selfless. Overall, I really like this speech. Leave your thoughts and comments in this comment section and I'll definitely engage with you guys because I want to see what you guys think as well. And leave a speech that you would like me to review in the comments and hopefully it will make it onto this channel. Thank you guys for watching and I will see you on another episode of Speech Analysis.